You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. Leslie will be on a little bit later to tell you about uh, some less creepy stuff as far as, you know, what we've usually been doing on here. She's going to tell you some famous last words of people right before they're executed. I'm very excited to hear about that because you know how much I love my true crime. I know you do. Uh, I isn't am this obsessed. the part? Isn't this the part where you plug my favorite murder into favorite. it? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them. I'm part, okay, guys. I'm a part of their fan cult. I pay a yearly subscription, <laughs> and I wrote in a hometown murder story, and brought up. The, I brought up hillbilly horror stories. And told them that I'm constantly bringing their show up in our shows. It's so funny. I just love them. I can't help it. Now you know why she's only on two shows a week. Hey. Anyway, so Kristen, we are in the midst. This is March 21st as we record this. We are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, Mm -hmm. which means we're pretty much quarantined at home. Not because we've got everything. It's just everything's shut down. Yeah, there's nothing to do. And it's... it's Fine as that is with me, I like to be home um, with my family, but uh, it's just weird knowing that you can't just get up and go to Target and Bath and Body Works. And that's the whole thing is I think it's a mental thing mm-hmm. that just, you know, because there'll be times where you really wouldn't have any intentions on going anywhere. Like, for example, sometimes when you're like your car's down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, I can't go anywhere tomorrow. Well, I wouldn't really plan on going anywhere anyway. But yes. then you'll think of a million different ways to get up and want to go do something. And you're like, oh, but I don't have a ride. I can't. I don't have a ride. And it's like, it wouldn't have been a big deal. It's just a point that you can't do it if you wanted to. And you don't know when you will be able to again. It, yeah, that's you don't know there. what the end game is or when it's going to happen. Well, and the that's end game, very scary. The end game is a Marvel movie. That's what that, that is. is. I've not seen that movie. Have I haven't you? either. I heard it's really good. So. Well, I heard it last like 17 hours. No way. So, anyways. Uh, we, we should watch that while we're on, yeah. <laughs> while we're quarantined. <laughs> so the reason we brought that up, and we're not going to do uh, a bunch of stuff, but we did find this particularly interesting and we thought it fit the show. You've probably seen something floating around and memes and stuff that says that Dean Koontz, the author, actually predicted this coronavirus in his book that came out in 1981 called the eyes of darkness. You saw this the other day. I had already seen it. Yes, I did. And then, so we're going to get into a little bit about what Dean Kuntz said in his book. And then uh, Kristen's going to get into a little bit. Sylvia Brown, the famed um, psychic, psychic medium. medium. A lot of people felt like she was just fake and she, but she had her own TV show. Like Cleo. Yeah. Remember Cleo? Miss Cleo. Or Miss Cleo, baby. I don't know what that was. I that was not remember. a Caribbean accent. Yeah, though. she was, I don't even know what, she was Jamaican or something. Yeah, yeah. She was Jamaican a lot of money until she and went bankrupt. that was a good one. So anyways, here's what it says in a Dean Kuntz book. 
it like I said, the book is called The Eyes of Darkness, mm-hmm. and it discusses a virus in it called the Wuhan 400, which is exactly where the coronavirus originated from was Wuhan over in China. Gosh, that's so crazy. But in the book, they list a Chinese scientist named Li Chen, says he defected to the United States, and then it starts talking about the actual virus itself. It said they call the stuff Wuhan 400 because it was developed in their RDNA labs outside of the city of Wuhan and was the 400th viable strain of man-made microorganisms created at the center. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, it says that this thing was supposed to come out in 2020. Which is what? Exactly. The year we're in right now. Of course, it actually hit uh, in 2019. Yeah, at the end, but basically. And this book, like I said, it originally was called the Gorky 400 after a Russian city, Mm -hmm. but in 1996, somehow, it switched to Wuhan 400, which I have no clue why they would just change that. Right, that's different. But it got changed, and that's kind of the deal. Uh And like I said, it says in here, in, in the book, and I don't... No, I thought I had that part here, but it talks about it's a respiratory disease and there's no cure for it right now and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that his book said there was a, a 100% mortality rate. Yeah. Which, and let's hope that's not the case Yeah, so that's, that's not exactly right as of yet because, there, well, we know it's not right because there's already been people that yes. have, you know, progressed and, and already been cured of it. Hopefully Tom Hanks will be on that list really soon. He is. Um, I follow him on Instagram and he said him and Rita are doing fine. Good, good. So anyways, that's kind of the, the thing here is on that part. So... When you look into it a little bit further, though, people are criticizing that, well, it's not exactly the same because in this one, it's this. Look, I understand you could pick that thing apart, but the fact that he he nailed that 2020, there was going to be a respiratory Wuhan disease, that it came from Wuhan. Out of every city in the world, mm-hmm. he picked Wuhan or it became Wuhan, you know, even in 1996 when it, I think is when it might have changed but even in 1996, what are we looking at? 24 years ago? Yes. Gosh. Can you believe that was 24 years ago? <laughs> well, I guess it's 14 years ago. Oh. Is it? Don't yeah. make me math. We know math is not your You shop. know how I am. I just cannot even. <laughs> so that's not the same. But I still think it's pretty interesting. I think it's very interesting. And I'm sorry. That's just, you can't just say that that's just a coincidence or, you know, it, made up and that's basically what we're going through it's very scary actually it is when you think about it and then like i said we've got sylvia brown's book tell me a little bit about her her situation well sylvia brown has the same situation but hers is more in detail and pretty much basically what we're going through right now as well um so she predicted it 12 years ago um, it says that she has a bold prediction in a book called The End of Days in 2008, Predictions and Prophecies About the End of the World. She wrote about a sickness like the current coronavirus. In that book, she wrote, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. 
That's, I mean, what's going on right now. No known treatments as of today. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it has arrived. Attack again 10 years later and then disappear completely. And she's passed on, hasn't she? Yeah, she passed away, I think. 2012 uh, two, or uh, something I think it was like 16 maybe or i don't know maybe um, she's been gone for a while though yeah and i bet she's up and up wherever she is like i told you bitches she got criticized a lot when she was around because mm-hmm. you know she made she made a lot of predictions like this that came true yeah but she also had a lot of them that didn't come true so mm. you know but this is a pretty big one to come true yeah and wh- i mean what are the odds it's just i don't know it's fascinating to me whether it's legit or not. I'm sure some people are like, oh, whatever, you know, that's stupid. I think it's crazy. Yeah, it's like I said, we're not going to sit here and talk about what is and what's not. And We're not mm-hmm. doctors. We don't know anything. No. There's plenty of shows and news that you can listen to tell you about that. We just wanted to touch on this part of it because we just thought it was interesting. And this is what we talk about on the show, these type of things. So mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool to talk about. It's very cool. I'm just ready to get this thing over with. To come up with some kind of vaccination so people can stop suffering, stop living in fear. I work for Toyota in Georgetown, and we have shut down for two weeks. And that's, you know, subject to change depending on how things go. And that's huge for Toyota to shut down. I mean, it was actually breaking news on the news. My kids, they're out of school till at least the 20th, and I'm pretty much thinking that it's going to be for the rest of the school year that's what i'm thinking too yeah i mean they've already canceled the end of year prep uh, k prep testing so it's just to not know what's going to happen is just too scary for me it's just really hard so but that's where we are in this world and i just hope that i'm not, I'm not trying to get all mushy but everyone can come together and if you are quarantined with your family use this as an opportunity to not focus on you know social media and and going out and spending money on at stores and actually spending time with your family and because i mean heck you never know that it could hit somebody in your family and take them away from you you know you got to think positive about things and the way i'm looking at this and like I said, I'm, I can't speak for everybody. I'm just speaking for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good opportunity to get back to the way things used to be a long time ago. Yes. You're going to have your family together. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot you can go out and do. Yeah, there's still video games and TV and phones and all that stuff. But, you know, most of the restaurants are closed down. So you can start cooking every night. You can start sitting down as a family every night. Yes. And, get and you know, I was talking to Tracy a day about, you know, maybe we pull out some board games or something. Yeah. That, you know, I haven't done that in forever, but mm-hmm. I mean, now's the opportunity to start doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, you it, know, you're kind of forced to do it, but at the same time, maybe when it's all said and done after doing it for a while, you're like, you know, it's kind of cool to do. We should keep this as something that we do regularly. I hope so. I really do. So. I know how easy it is to kind of fall back into old habits you know so maybe this will make a big impact i surely hope so based off of what the entire world's going through you know it's yeah, just... we're all going through it together and it's the first time i've experienced anything like this in my life oh me too i mean i'm only 33 i mean kind of like you know you had a little bit of stuff like in the country with with uh 9-11 but mm-hmm. that was really 
it was not just us because other people did kind of join in during that time. But for the most part, it affected, you know, us. But this affects everybody. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but the way the country united back then, hopefully we unite even better this time. I had the chicken pox when I was little and I went to a Catholic school and we did the nativity scene play and all the girls got to be angels and I got to I was picked to be a wise man and I had chicken pox. And they still made me do it. So I was a spotted wise man. <laughs> I was mortified. That is a fantastic story. And I'm sure at one point in time we'll make a great movie of the week. But it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So let's bring it on. It was as traumatizing as what's going on now. <laughs> Thank you very much. I had a beard. Let's. <laughs> Luckily there's laser hair removal today. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's listen to Leslie. All righty. Listening to the fear of the week. With author Leslie Fear. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Fear of the Week featuring author Leslie Fear. Leslie, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you both? We're doing fantastic. And of course, you can pick up all of Leslie's books on Amazon. Go check her out. Go check me out, guys. All right. So, Jerry. Yes, ma'am. How's your week been? How about you guys? Our week has been really good. We've accomplished a lot and got a lot of good things going on with the show and in our personal life. So thank you for asking. How about your week? Well, it's been wonderful. And I think your podcast is doing even better. All the reviews have been amazing. Yes, we are so blessed and we appreciate them so much. Well, it's yeah, just definitely blessed. Gosh, getting 30 some a day. That's wow, Jerry. That's, that's crazy. crazy. It is. It is. I'm very happy that for that. Go ahead. In in fairness, that's not the norm, but our <laughs> our our listeners are so good that they they took my little tangent to heart and took it upon themselves to try to jump in and do something positive which was awesome no it was it was awesome and and you know what sometimes it's just good to good to you know put out your feelings a little bit and and uh let people come and enjoy just a little i don't know what i'm trying to say it's just nice yeah, of them. It's no, just nice it, for them to, I know. No, it's, it's just very nice. It's very nice for people to come out and support you guys because you deserve it. And yeah. you really do some good work for, you know, helping people that need help and and uh, talking about people that serve our country. It's so nice to, to know that we are that we are blessed by them. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. We're blessed. And yeah, we're just very grateful and we have the best Best listeners ever. We yep, do. I 100% agree. We do. So tonight, you have got one of those little fun episodes for us. I do. I do. I have fun little facts about people. Well, it's actually last words for serial killers before they're executed. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how weird I am. <laughs> Because this is so interesting to me. I should have been a psychology major, I swear. But, you know, I became a wife and a mom yeah. instead and started writing books. So, whatever. So, there you go. And I, I, can't, I can't wait to get into these because there's, there's one in my head that I semi-remember, but I don't remember all of it. And I'll bet that's one of them you cover. So, we'll see when we get there. We'll it. see when we get there. Because I'm not going to go necessarily in order. Because some of these people... I know about them because I listen to true crime podcasts a lot. 
but not everybody does. So I don't know if you guys know who Carl Panzram was. He was born in 1891 and died on September 5th, 1930. And he was an American serial killer and he raped. And he, well, he was a rapist, he was an arsonist, a robber, and a burglar. And in prison confessions, he claimed that he had committed 22 murders, most of which could not be corroborated, and over a thousand acts of sodomy of boys and men. He was also imprisoned and escaped. And a guy was huge and just a big dude, and you didn't mess with him. He was also just pure evil. I mean, he did not give a crap about life or how you felt. He took you. He, you were his victim, and that is the way it was. There was no remorse. And it's probably a good thing he was executed, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, he was crazy, crazy. Anyway, but I think the system also was just, he was, he was, he just had a horrible life. Just, just in prison, almost his entire life from when he was about 17 years old on. So, I mean, he was just, and back in the, what, late 1800s, early 1900s, ooh, the chain gangs, those horrible, you know, just, you know, you've seen the movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> dang. But anyway, when he was ready to be executed, they put a black hood over his head and he allegedly spat at the executioner's face. <laughs> I know. And they said, do you rude? Have- I rude. And they said, do you have any <laughs> last words? And he says, yes, hurry, hurry it up, you hosier bastard. Oh my lord! <laughs> like okay, there's no uh, no issue there. He's ready to go. He probably had the most miserable life. He's probably ready. Aww. I know. But here's another one. I don't know if you've heard of Amelia Elizabeth Dyer. I try to get a little bit more obscure ones because I'm going to get to some famous ones pretty soon. But she was crazy, very prolific serial killer in history. Oh my gosh, murdering infants in her care for um, over 30 years in Victorian Britain. She was trained as a nurse and widowed in 1869, and she turned her business, it was a baby farming business, the practice of adopting unwanted infants in exchange for money so she could support herself. Oh, my God, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Not. What a heifer. I'm telling you. I mean, so if she couldn't find, uh, you know, someone to take one of her babies, she would just, she'd just kill them. No remorse. Aww. She just did. It. it was awful. I mean, she was widowed at a ver- pretty early age and obviously never married again because how fun would she be? And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. But her last words were, I have nothing to say. <sighs> yeah. No, no remorse. What? No. Hey, I'm so sorry. Or gosh, darn it. <laughs> nope. Nothing. She didn't care. Gosh, darn it. That would have been a good last word. God I guess it. she felt yeah. like what? Yeah, she probably was like, what's the point? <laughs> well, it is a family show. I try to keep my, you know, thoughts to myself. But yeah, we'll go on to Henry Webster Mudgett. We all know him as H.H. H. Holmes. H. H. Holmes. Yes. He was an American serial killer and confessed to 27 murders, and but only nine could be plausibly confirmed. And several of the people he claimed to have murdered were actually still alive, but most of them were women during the uh, World's Fair in Chicago. Back in like the late 1800s, I'm not sure exactly what, what date that was. I think it was, actually it was early 1900s when that Chicago fair came because he built that big mansion up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have heard the of that. House. The murder house. Pretty much the murder house, yes. And 
he was very handsome. He could just woo these women. They would come and he'd say, you could stay at my, you know, at my, he, he made it look like a hotel. It was this big mansion hotel thing. And there was one actual floor that had, you know, hotel rooms. And the rest of it was like a basement with like this torture chamber. And the attic was another debacle torture chamber. So it was terrible. He was crazy. But very handsome, very debonair, and he would scandal all these people to build his house and then say he wasn't happy with their work, fire them and hire other people. And so he got all this stuff for free. He got this whole place built for free because he had this look about him. He had this confidence about him. And people thought, oh, my gosh, he must be on the up and up. Look at him. He's all well-dressed. And he just mesmerized the men and the women, I think. But he finally got caught. Yeah, he finally got caught. And guess what his last words were? What? Take your time. Don't bungle it. (laughs) I don't know what bungle means, but I'm pretty sure it means don't F it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because who wants to... uh, No, they should have F'd it up. They should have. They should have. They should have, like, zapped him a little bit. And, like, oh, that wasn't good enough. Oh, wait a minute. You need another zap. <laughs> yeah, he also he also requested to be buried in concrete so nobody would come dig his body up. No way. Yeah. I didn't actually read that part because I was looking at just specific last words. They didn't go there. But, no, that totally makes sense. I believe that because he, well, so many people, he, besides the fact that he killed so many women, so many people worked for free for him and he never paid them and they were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. here's another one, Albert Fish. You ever heard of him? Oh, absolutely. We've done a show on Albert Fish oh, on Patreon. Oh gosh. He was just not a good guy. He's the, he's the kind of man that gives me nightmares. He literally may be the worst person that ever lived as far as I'm concerned. He was, well, yes. I mean, he was disgusting. He was all into self-mutilation and you know what, I mean, sticking needles inside every orifice that he could possibly find and, and feeling them inside his own body, let alone what he would do to children. Yeah. He was Hamilton Howard Albert Fish. He was American serial killer, child rapist, and cannibal. He was also known as the Gray Man, the Werewolf of Wisteria, and the Brooklyn Vampire. Born in May 19th, 1870 in Washington, D.C. and died January 16th, 1936 at Sing Sing. I didn't realize it was actually Sing Sing Correctional Facility in uh, New York. He kidnapped and murdered so many children and married women who had children and murdered them. He was disgusting and and he would also just eat the bodies he would actually eat the the children's bodies cook them up and eat their bodies not good mm-mm, mm-mm. no uh. no and i could go into more detail but i'm not going to but let me tell you this according to one witness it took two jolts before fish died creating the rumor that the apparatus was short-circuited by the needles that fish had inserted into his body. <laughs> oh, karma's a bitch. <laughs> and his last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's not what he said, <laughs> is exactly it? exactly what he yeah. said. You know, you are that kind of a sick dude 
You don't even understand why you're here. Yeah, you need to go. Oh, and God. and the worst thing that he did, if you could say a worst mm-hmm. thing, but he he kidnapped that little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember how old she mm-hmm. was, maybe nine, ten mm-hmm. years old, and then and then after killing her, eating her, he sent a letter to her mother detailing every aspect of what happened, <gasps> everything from. Why he took her, what he did to her, mm. how he ate her, mm-hmm. what she tasted mm-hmm. like, and no, all he that. did. Oh, that's it's, horrifying. It's terrible. No, he Aww. did. Like I said, I didn't go into specifics because I looked at the last words only at this point and just like a little bit of where, where they were, how many they killed and all that. But no, there are details about this man that make me want to dig him up, beat the crap out of him, and then burn his body. He was disgusting. So, okay, let's... Uh- <laughs> Before I get any bad emails and stuff, when I say he's like the worst person alive, I meant like regular people, because I know somebody's going to say, "Well, what about Hitler?" Oh no, no, right, right, yes, yes, yes. yes, They were worse people in general, but I'm talking about just average people, right? No, I know, and just, just, just their evilness, and just you know, and don't get me wrong, Hitler. Gosh, don't even get started on him or Mussolini or any of those. Those terrible, terrible, but. If we're talking about just serial killer killers, and this is what this segment's about, yes, I think he's one of the worst people to have ever lived. And unfortunately, he ha- he lived, and I have no idea why he had to, but he did. But let's move on to Theodore Robert Bundy. How about that? Oh, Ted. <laughs> now, he was an American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered numerous young women and girls during the 1970s and possibly earlier. After more than a decade of denials before his execution in 1989, he confessed to 30 homicides that he committed in seven states between 1974 and 1978. All right. Ted Bundy, to me, I don't understand what people thought about him as far as being attractive. He wasn't to me. I don't know how you feel about him, Tracy. No, I didn't think he was all that. Myself. I really didn't. Yeah, he didn't do anything for me. Either. No, I mean, I, I guess he was charming. I'm sure he was. You know, with that, with that beautiful little bug he used to drive, that VW bug. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, all the women. Yeah, really? That. Yeah. <laughs> such, such a manly yeah, so, thing. I know. It's like, really? But back then it was peace, love, and drugs. So, you know, I don't understand why people thought he was all that handsome. But mm-hmm. yeah. So. He was born November 24th, 1946, and died January 24th, 1989. And that was in, he was born in Virginia, died in Florida. His last words were, I'd like you to give my love to my family and my friends. What an idiot. (laughs) You know, let me, really? I don't want your love. I I didn't want it when you killed all the women and all the people. and, And really? No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be like, nah, that's okay. No, nah. Yeah. Make sure. What are you going to do? Tell the warden. By the way, the warden walks up to you. Oh, by the way, he wants to send his love. Yeah. <laughs> Leaning know, down to the mother or the mother of the person he killed, you know. So, yeah, no, no, mm. no, no sympathy for, for the Ted boy. No. no. Now we can go on to Timothy McVeigh. This is getting long, isn't it? We'll do one more because it's getting long. Okay. Timothy McVeigh, we all know him as Oklahoma City Bomber. He killed 168 people in 1995. He was executed by lethal injection in June, on June 11th, 2001. And his last words were, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Don't you just want to 
beat the crap out of me. <laughs> you do head. You do. You just want to go and punch them right in their balls. And see, like, and here, here's the deal. When it comes to, and, and I'm going to get political for a second, but when it mm-hmm. comes to the mm-hmm. death penalty, that's mm-hmm. the way that it should be. He committed that crime. It was right. obvious he committed the crime. And these are the ones I'm talking about when it's obvious. He had no qualms about it. He admitted to it. There was all kinds of evidence. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He did it. And within mm-hmm. six years of that happening, right. he was gone. And that's the way it should be. If you're, if there's going to be a death penalty, that's the way it should be. Not people sitting on death row well, for 30 years. And I think, who you and, know and for I'm all about rehabilitation. It. Don't get me wrong. I think that if, there is no recourse and they are so far gone. You should think about what you're going to do with this person instead of using the tax dollars of, of the American people. I, I understand that. But I also think if you have done something horrible and you really do have remorse and you really do feel badly about it and you can be rehabilitated, then yeah, maybe we should look at that, you know, later on down the line. Maybe you can do something good in the correctional facility that where you are stationed. Cause I'm not saying you need to get out either. All I'm saying is, yeah, I don't want to go too far, but <laughs> so it's a very slippery slope for a lot of people. A lot of people do believe, a lot of people don't. I'm I'm on the fence, honestly, with either way. It is. Because um, I understand why you would, and I understand why you wouldn't. So I have to stay sweetened with that, but I do, mm-hmm. I do understand, totally. It's like I said, with, with my viewpoint, it's if there is right, going right. to be a death penalty. I'm not saying whether there should or whether there shouldn't be. I'm just saying, but if you've already accept, if you've already said we're going to have a death penalty, then it's not really a death penalty. No, and I, I, I completely agree. And, That's um, all I'm saying. It's either let's let's do this and take care of it, or let's just make it a life sentence. And maybe you can do something good for your for your because sometimes they come out, um, right. or they stay in the facility and they end up you know helping other inmates or they end up you know doing other things that really do help. Um, seriously, mm-hmm. really, really do help. And if that's the case, but I'm right. all for rehabilitating, but there are some that just really are lost causes. They're just completely insane, like Albert Fish and all those people that we just talked about. So it's hard for me to feel sorry for people like that. But you you know, then you got to look at the, the background and look at the Menendez brothers. I was looking at them. To, I was actually listening to a podcast and I had no idea. They were so abused. They were so abused as children. I had no idea. You just hear about these mm-hmm. rich kids that killed the parents. That's all the media wanted you to know. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Right. What? And that happened? And this happened? And I can not that, that they should have done. I, don't, I certainly don't think they should ever kill anyone, but I understand why they lost it, you know? <laughs> anyway, so yeah. we, we probably should cut on that one because... <laughs> Nothing, nothing good's gonna come from me for talking about that. <laughs> no emails, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, you know, we're both gonna get negative emails. Well, I hope somebody's not. Somebody's gonna have a problem it's, with what I said. Somebody had a problem with you. Yeah, said. It's just I, the way it is. I, well, they, I, I they have, you know, hey, I'm should. all about you know rehabilitation in any way you can. Yeah, and right. and and honestly, I am too. We I listened to a local show here. And the guy was talking about uh, his main thing was he thinks there should be more money put in to advisors and stuff like that, counselors, to rehabilitate people. Not necessarily your Albert Fishers of the world, but just like your average person that goes into jail. 
maybe for something like a, a minor drug charge or something like that, where there should be some type of schooling and, and mentorship no, from somebody who's too. been there. Yeah. And I'm all for that. You know, that that's rehabilitation and there's not enough of that. And I agree. And that really should be looked into and really, there should be something better for that situation. It's never going to be a perfect situation, never going to be a perfect system. So, um, and everybody's going to have their own opinions. And you know what? They're all right. They're all correct. Everyone has a right to what they think. No one's wrong in that respect. You you believe what you believe. So, um, so you know what? This is getting long and I think I'm going to see myself out. So those were kind of fun. I think my favorite one was Albert Fish and him saying right before he's electrocuted after all these kids he tortured and ate and all this stuff. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, then, I don't know. Why are you here? And then Ted Bundy, you know, right before he gets killed. He's like, send my love yeah, to like, my family. Send, yeah, send my love to, to all my family. and Which is so weird because... He detached himself completely from his family as he got older. So I don't know why he's even saying that because he really didn't have much to do with his family from what I have learned about him. Because I, you know me, I love serial killers. Of course you do. I love them. (laughs) I just do. I can't help it. I think I messed up. I definitely think I messed up because even though we're going through this horrible pandemic, I watched Outbreak on Netflix. I think a lot of people, that's why it's in like their top 10 and, List. and Addison and Dakota were in the room and I said, this is why, I said, you see this? This is why you need to wash your hands or this is going to happen to you. And Addison was like, no, turn it off. And I <laughs> tell, couldn't help it. Tell them what you did about paranormal activity. Oh, gosh. Okay. You all know my kids are into ghost hunter shows and all that crap. Well, I'm sure all of you have seen paranormal activity. It is terrifying, especially to an 8 and 11 year old who believes that it is true. And why I, would they believe it is true? Because I told them it was. <laughs> I called them in there and I said, girls, come here. I said, watch this with me. And they're like, what, well, what is it? I said, this is these people who are being haunted by a demon and they're recording it. So let's see what happens. <laughs> and we would get all excited every time it was nighttime. We're like, oh, sh- we'd stop talking. They're sl- it's nighttime. They're sleeping. Because we knew at nighttime, <laughs> that's when the demon would come out. And they were <laughs> freaking out. Dakota's like, oh, my God. I cannot believe that happened to that woman. And finally, I said, you know, I have, you know what's crazy is the fact that that's not real. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, she was so upset. But it was the best. Oh, so great. I loved it. <laughs> And but unfortunately, I'm reaping what I sowed because now they're afraid to go downstairs. <laughs> Addie's like, I'm not going downstairs. Come downstairs with like she will not do it at all now. I'm like, great. What have I done? Well, what can you do? I can't help it. It's yeah. funny. We used to um, had there was the old house that we lived in when our kids were little. They had bunk beds. Uh huh. And. Right out, right. Their bunk beds ended right outside the window. They could see outside the window. Yeah, from their beds, and it was first floor. So we would sometimes put on a mask and <laughs> go stand outside the window. And I would crap my pants. <laughs> that is so scary. Yeah, we. I probably wasn't the best parent. I'm the same way. It's so. just it's funny. You can't help it, and that's what I love about Hillbilly Youngins is getting the opportunity to publicly embarrass Dakota. 
<laughs> I mean, I do it anyways, but what's better than having thousands of people listen to me bubbly embarrass her, uh, considering the fact that we just recorded an episode where I rapped and she was mortified the whole time. She's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, don't be hating on my funky fresh beats. Okay, girl. I just love to do it. It was hilarious. I literally thought all day long at work. I'm like, how, what words can I put in my rap? <laughs> And I mean, there was literally like four lines, but it took a lot of thinking. And she ruined it because we didn't have spaghetti that night. And that rhymed with Yeti. Right. And we thought you were making burgers. So I'm I, was, like, I was cooking out. It just wasn't burgers. I was like, shit, what rhymes with burgers? And then I, I had nothing. <laughs> it was funny. What does rhyme with burgers? Uh, burglars. Burgers. I don't know. I was going to say, I said, I'm her mom and I'm the bomb. But I was going to say, my name is Kristen. And then I'm like, what rhymes with Kristen? And then I was like, well, maybe since we're a hillbilly youngins, I could say, I like to watch wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, that's. No? That would have been a poor choice. Kristen, wrestling. No. Oh, well, right, I picked the ladder then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye.